0: I'm Barry Worthington. I'm Paul Thorpe.
1: And I'm Adam Pendlebury.
0: And this is the Progress of the Unity podcast. <laughs> 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 Fixture release day. It's a bit like Christmas Day but without any disappointment really when you open your <laughs> presents because you sort of know what you're getting and it's just so in, in which order they pop out. I'm just grateful that we've made fixture release day as a club this year and that in itself is enough for me after what we've been through. <laughs> and whoever we play first and last isn't really much of a concern, but we're here. We've got the fixtures out and away we go.
1: I agree with you, Barry. I felt like all my Christmas is have come together last week because it was, as we well know from the excellent podcast from Caroline and Lisa and Andy last week, we were on the brink and we might not have had a fixture list. So I agree with you that it uh, is like Christmas. And using that comparison, we'll be playing the Tangerines, won't we, as well? This season. I'd have to echo what you
2: two said. It's a pure relief to get here. I think it would have been nice to have started with the home game after the hassle we've had. But, you know, we'll do that the week after. We started after COVID with that away up at Sunderland. And it was the week after when we got to celebrate our existence that time at home against Rotherham. You know, you go from not even expecting to start the season, all that worry, it's all just absolutely gone, hasn't it? You know nobody's even thinking about this month's wages. Oh, it's lovely. Oh. That's all you can say in that. <laughs> all you can say is it's it's it, it's lovely to just feel that sense of relaxation and and readiness. And you know, every football fan, opening day of the season is 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 one of the best isn't it because everybody's excited. Everybody fancies the chances. The us about three weeks to to get off off negative points. But yeah,
0: so what? Right the first the first five fixtures always good to look at it's the start of the season your first five your five coming in for way at Derby County to kick off the season. Tough game. They've got a good manager in Paul Warren. I'm sure they'll be going for promotion this season after last season just missing out. Followed by an own game against newly promoted Northampton Town. That's a good own game to kick off the season with. And then Carlisle Bolton away, followed by Barnsley at home. So Bolton, relatively early in the, in the fixtures, well I look at three fixtures though, Derby away, Bolton away, and Barnsley at home. For me, they're, they're quite tough fixtures those. And I think we've got a relatively tough start. And if we come out of this first month picking wins up, I think it'll show that we've got a good season ahead of us.
1: I'll add Carlisle in. I think that'll be tough. I think any team going to Carlisle this season will find it find it tough. What it looks like on paper isn't necessarily what it's gonna be like, is it? Because we had a very tough start. Two years ago, where we had uh, Sunderland away, uh, Wickham and Rotherham uh, at home, Portsmouth at home. I suppose you don't really know until the signings are made and where the clubs are going, but they are big clubs in this division. That's what I would say. We're going to be playing in front of the big, big crowds at Barnsley and the Bolton game and the Derby game, probably Carlisle as well, because when they're on the up, Carlisle can attract a uh, big fan base because their um, catchment area is big, isn't it? So I think they five good fixtures to start the season with. They're all very interesting in their uh, in their own ways.
0: One thing with uh, mentioning Barnsley, though, is they're looking very likely to, to be losing uh, the manager, Michael Duff. Looks like he's moving on. So that could put him in a little bit of turmoil. Carlisle as well, yeah, go 90 miles up the M6 from Wigan. But it's, it's the back of beyond. You feel like when you're travelling up there, you feel like you're never going to arrive. It's one of them. And say, like, oh, are you going to Norwich the other way? You just feel like you're never going to arrive there. And you, um, yeah,
1: you're only two miles from Scotland, are not you, as well, if you get to Carlisle. Anyway, that was the day for a Sid Drill Diaz, wasn't
0: it? It was. I remember going to Carlisle as well and wishing I hadn't arrived, if I'm being honest. And then if we flip it completely over and look at the running towards the end of the season, uh, hopefully these won't matter at all. But you wonder if if you, you're going to be pushing for a playoff spot of promotion or fighting <laughs> to stop in the division. Your last five in reverse order. We've got Cambridge away, Port Vale at home, Lincoln and Pompey away. And we finish off with Bristol Rovers at the DW at the end of April, 27th of April. Decent enough last five games there for us, but like you say, Adam, you you just don't know until the season unfolds who's going to do what.
1: If you'd have said last year that um, you'd have had Luton and Coventry in the Championship playoffs, you you would have looked at that and thought, well, no, not really. I mean, I know Luton had done it the previous season, but I just think that, It's difficult to assess at this stage how important those games will actually be. I don't mean from our perspective, from the other team's perspective, because every season we expect Portsmouth to be up there. They start, they always seem to start well, and then they drift off, don't they? They're a big club, but they don't seem to be achieving. They're they're a side who are performing well below what standards I think the fans are expecting.
0: Before we get carried away, looking at the end of the season, been an interesting mm-hmm. development today thrown in with the Carabao Cup draw, the EFL Cup. Wrexham, so we're playing Hollywood FC away, <laughs> sandwiched between the Derby away game and the Northampton first home game, and it's on the 8th of August. So I
2: think if you want if you want to make your teleprogram a bit more interesting, you invite the Latics, don't you? I mean, it worked a treat for Sunderland, it worked a treat for City. They got great episodes when they played us. We'll take that.
1: You know, we're talking about Hollywood. Do you think that will be a game that's selected for Sky viewing? Because bearing in mind the the, the there's only the championship sides that are in it, and I think Sky will try and pick up on the uh, on the story, the Hollywood story. So playing also the FA Cup winners. Is Ten years ago, I think that might be a tie that Sky Sports would be interested
0: in. They both have the same Twitter hashtag as well, don't they? WAFC. Oh, that's going to be fun, isn't it? Yeah, as we go through go through, uh, our own... Into the start of winter, we always look forward to the festive games, and we got over Christmas and, and the New Year. Reading, big club, dropped down with us in all sorts of trouble off the pitch. I just hope it gets sorted for them because we know exactly what it's like. But we've got Reading on the twenty third of December away. It's a big trip that that time of year, and that's followed by a Boxing Day visit to the DW of Derby County. So that's a reverse of the opening game, and then on the Friday. The 29th, we've got Carlisle United at home, and we follow that up with New Year's Day, off to Orwell to play Barnsley, and that should be a bit of a feisty occasion as well. Both fixtures there, just over a week.
1: I will let Paul go over the, crisp, the true Christmas period, but the 23rd of December, making a, let's say, fairly long trip south, and the last time that we did that, we won 7-0 at Oxford. Maybe that's a sign... <laughs> It could be. Uh, get your Christmas jumpers out and get your money on seven nil Latex.
0: Is a reading in the Thames Valley? Are they in the Thames Valley as well? Ah, well, that's... yeah.
1: There we go. There's a nice yeah. little boozer on the Thames where you can enjoy the lovely December weather and uh, have a nice meal. Looking at that
2: December weather, if it's snowing in the, the hills, you don't want to be having to travel to Derby and you don't want to be having to travel to Carlisle. Um, so them having to travel to us is a, a bit of a bonus there. And I, I like home fixtures Boxing Day. I like it when you get home games bunched together, like twenty 29th. You kind of just get settled in to go into the game every few days, don't you? And then
0: it is good that, and that leads us really straight into the uh, the Derby games against the local sides. On the 6th of January, we're scheduled to play Bolton Wonders at Home. guarantee that one of us will be in the third round of the FA Cup and that, that game's going to be moved to a uh, a midweek. I'm counting chickens here, but I, I think either ourselves or, or Bolton are, are going to progress in the Cup, unless, obviously, you know the draw is really unfavourable. But uh, I think there's a good chance one of us will be in the third round. And you can see that game being moved to a night match the first game against Bolton, we've already mentioned, is in the first five away on the 19th of August. So it gets it out, gets it out of the way. But the interesting thing, the 2nd the of September, the annual trip to, to Blackpool is coming up early this year. Do you think there'll be a big scramble for tickets like there usually is when it's around April time?
1: Well, we played them early in the season. The only time I can remember we played them early in the season was under rolling Coyle. When we couldn't win an away game after that first game, we lost 1-0 at Blackpool, and we were absolutely awful. You're right, The usually the seasons were we have been fighting for relegation or we have been having success. We tended to play them away later in the season. It might be, because maybe a few, you know, would it be in September, you know, Blackpool, you know, it's the English Benidorm, isn't it? So you might get a few that's... Um, Heading over there, you know, for a little bit of a holiday. Depends how many tickets Blackpool give us, how important it is, a fixture for them, uh, whether they're going to give us some tickets this time. But um, getting an a local derby so early in the season, the Bolton one as well. Not to mention, you know, Fleetwood as well. You know, we've played Fleetwood a few times, haven't we, over the recent years, which have been big games. So
0: Second of March, we're at Fleetwood. Uh, I was going to come, come on to that. I might as well do it now, I mentioned it. So, 2nd of March, just before spring sp- is sprung, that might be the uh, annual seaside trip then, you know, because it's only about it's like five mile up the coast, isn't it? That could be the big one. And they tend to uh, let us have a few tickets anyway. They're very accommodating up uh, at Highbury, aren't they?
1: I mean, last time we went, I think I sat with you, Barry, didn't I, uh, the uh, 3-2? 2-0 down, and um, was it Curtis Tilt with the
0: winner? Yeah, I've been looking at that game today on on the internet, and just thinking about uh, Curtis Tilt. It showed him scoring two winning goals against Blackpool at home, and it showed him scoring the goal against Fleetwood, and Obviously we've not heard Edna Taylor-Curtis have we since Sean Maloney coming? so it's looking like his days are numbered at the club if they've not already left not heard anything about tilt have you?
1: I think, he's ex- I think there's been a, an automatic one year extension from my recollection
2: Again, all, all the worrying about those extensions so that we could try and sell players for peanuts rather than just lose them for nothing, that's all just gone away, hasn't it? It all becomes pure business deals. Does Sean Maloney want him or not? And and then establish a contract or sell him, depending on what the answer to the question do, is.
1: Do you mean pure football decisions, Paul? Lurley? Well, it's,
2: yeah, it's, it's, I would still... I do, I do mean pure football decisions when I said business, but yeah.
0: Moving on to Easter... Uh, Good Friday away at Burton Albion, and then Easter Monday we got Cambridge at home. You wouldn't say they're absolutely uh, massive games, would you? Not not attractive fixtures, as such. Not playing the big lads, but games that you'd you get something out of.
1: You say that though, Barry. But you know, when we were in the league under Caldwell, would you have expected the Burton game to be a six-pointer when we played them away? I think this season, because. There's less big sides in there, you know, Sheffield Wednesday and uh, Sunderland were here last time, weren't they, it's which have gone, so I think there might be a couple of surprise packages this season, so I'm not saying it's going to be Burton, but like I said earlier, you don't really know who's going to be up there at the, you know, the end of the season, so well, maybe the Burton one could be a title decider.
2: Yeah, you're picking six, aren't you, to go up and make the playoffs. If you've not got those traditionally big clubs in there, you're going to have to pick some smaller clubs. The one that stands out for me there at the at the back end of that is not the Easter, it's Portsmouth. Dare we put ourselves in a position where we right the wrongs of going 2-0 up and then conceding, twa- uh, conceding 3, conceded like we did last time.
0: Also, uh, the Papa John's has been drawn this week and we've picked up Fleetwood and Tramere Rovers and today it's been... Uh, Confirmed that Leicester City under-21s will also be the fourth member of the group that we're in. So we've got Leicester, who will play at the DW, and then I'm not too sure about fl- where we'll play Fleetwood or Trammy. I think uh, dates, times and, and venues have to be arranged between the clubs. So so that's something to look forward to. I'll be honest with you, I always enjoy going to the Papa John's because you get a chance to see the some of the younger lads starting and, and playing against first-team players. and I always find it interesting to watch them and It's it's usually good evening. Uh, Good evening.
1: Our youngest ever side was played, wasn't it? Against Accrington. uh, Youngest average age uh, side and also our youngest player, I think. I think that's still the case, isn't it? Weir.
0: Jensen Weir, yeah. That's correct. Pre-season been confirmed. Got Everton on the 22nd of July. Framier Rovers on the 28th away and Markham away on the 29th a day later. So I'm sure... That'll be split between uh, the under-23s and and the first team. But Everton is the big game. On the 2nd of July, we're going away for a week and we're going to Hungary uh, on a training camp. We're going to the Hungarian national squad headquarters where they'll be doing uh, some intensive training and playing a behind-closed-doors friendly as well.
1: Just come in there, Barry. Hopefully they'll uh, get an opportunity to go to the Hungarian baths which I uh, enjoyed very much when I was in Budapest. It's it's a good day out. Very relaxing, but nice party atmosphere uh, as well. So a bit of team bonding in there. And they've also got one of those um, ice pools. So you can go in the heat of the baths and then you can jump in the ice pool as well. So uh, I think that'll be really good. We'll have to ask... Doctor Torben
0: about the benefits of that. Well, I could ask me uh, stepdad if he was still alive because he was born about thirty miles from Budapest. Kelman Peredy is his name. Was he part
1: you... of the, um, he was it, part uh, of
0: the Hungarian uh, uprising, chased out Obra. of Hungary by the Russians. No,
1: I've
0: never knew that about you, Barry. That's uh, very... a bit more. So a bit of Australian, a bit of Hungarian, and a bit of Wigan in me. Multicultural is this guy here. Multicultural. We also got up to six. Friendlies pencilled in with local sides. Now, I've read this on the official website today, so I think I'm not sure if that's like Abram FC... Wigan Cosmos. ...Pertlane, etc. Or they're, they're talking about Charlie, Atherton Collaries, etc. Lights. Some players have moved on this past week as well. Ant, Anthony Scully, Ant, as he's uh, referred to by his friends on, on the uh, training pitch... Has gone off to Portsmouth for an undisclosed fee. Made five appearances for the Latics. Uh, we never really got to see him. Impressed me when he was with Lincoln, played against us. But I'll be perfectly honest, he didn't impress me when I saw him play for us. If I'm being perfectly honest. But so, but I still wish him lovely fellow. We've met him, aren't we? Wish him all the best down at Portsmouth. Apart from when they play us on the 30th of September. He is
1: Michael Jack We're still there? Uh...
0: Michael Jacobs has just had a contract extension, I think. Yes. um it
1: could be like one on each side, uh, former
0: players. Tom Naylor has uh, been confirmed that he's moved on to Chesterfield, who today have also confirmed that they've signed Will Grigg. So, Paul Cook, second some Latics favourites down down to Chesterfield, hoping to get them out of the National League. Good move for Tom Naylor?
1: I guess financially it must be, because the Will Grigg and... Naylor, given what we've been talking about in wages terms, I think they must be on uh, a reasonable amount of money. And I don't know what length of contracts he's signed, but it's security. Um, in terms of football, my view is that Tom Naylor can comfortably play League One. I didn't really see a problem in, with him in the championship. I think he was one of our better players last year. It's got to be a, a security, uh, partly financial decision, but also the Paul Cup link and maybe enjoying his football next year with a side that I'd be amazed if don't if they don't start favourites for that league now that Notts County and uh, Wrexham have left that league. So. Good luck to them both. Will Grigg's obviously a legend and Tom Naylor, for me, a very solid player and, uh, of course, friend of the podcast.
0: A three-year deal got at 31. So, I mean, for himself, it carries a lot of security on set. Yeah,
2: it basically finishes his career off, doesn't it? And, you know, like Adam's just said, you've got Will Grigg going there as well. There's obviously some money floating around there. I don't know whether he could have got an extension with us, Tom. I think he could have done a job with us, no doubt. But would he have got a three-year deal with us? Probably not at that age. So, yeah, I think it's probably uh, the overall package.
1: Quickly on that point, obviously we haven't heard anything about Max Power, but it seems to be circulating that he may be leaving the club. We don't have much of a midfield, so that might be uh, one, of the, one of the things that we need to work on in the transfer market.
0: Sean Maloney's mentioned today that there's two players coming in. Today and um, possibly t- uh, today, Thursday, which nobody has. <laughs> Friday, possibly Monday. Uh, there's been links with this this young lad, Morrison, who's at Bayern Munich. It's Bayern Munich uh, reserves or under 23s whatever, whatever they called. Liam Morrison, twenty-year-old uh, Scotland youth international, a defender. So it's not an area that we're desperate for, is it? But if he's coming in as a signing and he's got potential to make us some money in the future, then then it, it could be a good bit of business. But no, no, no right we, back. No the,
1: right they're back. They're the areas that we. And if we're putting three at the back, if he does want to play three at the back, then. Having another defender there it ensures that we do have a little bit of cover. And it's very volatile, isn't it? The transfer market. Will we lose one of those? Will we lose a lot more Hughes in the transfer window? You know, that's... We've got to be covered if that happens.
0: Well, they've just announced Chelly is, is number six or so, uh, whether they're squad number eight. It looks like uh, he, he's... Even though there are... There uh, there definitely has been offers received for Charlie Hughes, that's 100%. Is that a statement that he's staying, that he's got number six? Which is like a first team number, isn't it? I think if you look at Charlie and if he's a Wigan Athletic player this season, he'll be one of the first names on the on the team sheet, so we'll get loads of game time. It'd probably be better for him if he if he played, stayed and played with us this season for his profession.
1: not, not get representative football as well, you know, for his country, under twenties maybe as well, which is you know a big big step up because Rhys Jones made his name in that on the 20s quality side, didn't he? I think Fordham was playing in it as well. And you're not going to get in there really if a Charlie Hughes who's come through at Wigan isn't going to get there if he's a reserve in the Championship. No. So for me, for me, um, this is the best place for him to play football.
0: I don't know if I just mentioned it, but I'll mention it again in case I didn't. Uh, Sean Maloney said that there's, uh, there's some players who are at the club and they don't want to be here. So they're trying to get, trying to, sort them out with moves which is a good thing which will mean that there will be players coming in as well it? Uh, but he said he's under no pressure uh, to get shutter players so again that's good news to hear so he's, it's uh, it's a footballing decision rather than a financial decision from him to, to move people on Big shout out to James McLean Strong rumours that he's going to be the captain this season, but more importantly, he's just picked up his 100th cap for the Republic of Ireland. Fabulous achievement, that. And there's a video knocking around of him gaining his first one when he was nervously waiting to come on uh, for for the Republic. And he looked like a young kid. And there's a good video, been doing the rounds on, on, uh, like a bit of a documentary doing the rounds on Twitter. I'd recommend people have a look at that one. Going to Darryl and speaking to people about him, how much of an inspiration he is to people. Uh, it's a really good, good role model.
1: Yeah, he's doing so well, James McLean. Fantastic. He's now in the top six of the uh, appearances. He's doing fantastically well for a player that is a, he's also won the Player of the Season for Ireland twice as well during that period of time. And if you look at some of the players who've played during his tenure, Roy Keane, Robbie Keane, anybody else called
0: Keane <laughs> you can think of. Ada McGee,
1: Matt Lawrence,
0: John Aldridge, Jack uh, Charlton. Well, uh, that's, that's it for us this evening. Uh, we'll uh, probably be back in a couple of weeks just to have, have a look how things have been progressing during pre season. Uh, we're going to put our feet up and uh, have a bit of a break. So, unless something drastic happens, so I hope to God it doesn't.
2: That's the thing. It's not going to, is it? You well, know, we hope not. a few players here and there, but all that nonsense that we've had to put up with for months has all just <laughs> gone. I don't think anything we, we can really...
1: Even if we sell players, for me, you've got to get perspective. And if we do sell any players that you'd want to stay, I think we've just got to be thankful that we've still got a club. You know, so I don't think anything can happen now before the start of the season that's going to dampen our enthusiasm. And I still think we'll win the league by 10 points.
0: Uh, We'll probably be back either just before or just after the Everton game. Until then, enjoy your summer and up the ticks and come on. Come on. Up the ticks. Up the ticks.